We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir? Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right no, now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. Trying that one on this week. Let me know what you think of it. As always, we are brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast and the Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Uh, we are opening up June, talking the 25th anniversary of Men in Black. Co-host Caroline Darney back on the show. This movie was selected by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, and I want to shout out two new patrons, Dan McFall and Jason Alba. Thank you both for joining in, making an early impact when it comes to nominating and voting for movies. Also want to shout out Jason. Jason is a producer patron. He is part of a group that includes Aaron Figueroa. Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire, Laser Cut, Wood Stadiums, the sponsor to all of our patrons' movie episodes. Reminder, folks, a Laser Cut Wood Stadium from Classic Stadium Fire. Just the coolest piece of sports memorabilia for an office, man cave, she shed, even like a nursery, anything like that. They work everywhere, all over the house. Visit the link that's in the show notes to see what options they've got in the shop, your favorite ballpark, your favorite arena, your favorite football stadium, whatever it might be. And if they don't have that, hit up my guy Andy over at Classic Stadium Fire, work out something custom, let him know what you want. He's going to make it happen. They're the coolest things ever. I've got my my copy of Rosenblatt Stadium here in my office. You can get 10% off that with code BIGSCREEN. That's B-I-G-S-C-R-E-E-N, Big Screen. Big thanks to them, all of our patrons for supporting the show and picking this movie. It was great to talk about Men in Black. If you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports, you can vote on movies for the show to cover. The patrons pick 75% of the July slate. They get in a say in two August movies as well, given, given the patrons more control. I want to know what they want to hear, so we're going with that. You get schedule updates, ad-free episodes, and stickers, all the good stuff. And you get to support the show, keep this train rolling. Uh, like I said, the patrons picked this movie, Men in Black. Really fun revisit. Will Smith back before before things got weird, I guess. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. The whole thing was a lot of fun. The great Caroline Darney back in the show. Let's go ahead and dive in. All right. Returning to big screen sports. One of, one of my favorite co-hosts. It, it's, it's been weirdly like a while, like a couple weeks. Uh, Caroline Darney. What's up, Caroline? Hey, girls. What's going on? What's happening? 
Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're actually here. We're we're secretly here to just record our second Top Gun Maverick podcast. <laughs> you know, I would. It was funny because <laughs> um, I realized the thing that I missed to tell you that was the least authentic. Well, there's two things now, thanks to a Redditor that pointed out that they would not have been playing past football. They would have done a triple option if they were all actually Navy fans, which I laughed oh, yeah. at. Um, but, and this is solely for aesthetics purpose done by the filmmakers. They would have had like uh, ear plugs in, like the entire almost the entire movie. Like anytime that they're standing out like by the planes and talking, they would have had double hearing protection on. <laughs> and when I, I mean, thought I was like, oh, I forgot to mention on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it would have kind of ruined all the dialogue if like yeah. everything would have been preceded with someone having to take out earplugs and what? put earplugs back in. <laughs> Uh, before we get into uh, our, you know, this episode, which is not about Top Gun Maverick, Caroline, what's going on for the win? Oh, it's uh, an exciting time. We've had a bunch of. We just finished up, obviously, the NBA playoffs. Uh, we've got tons of really, really good WNBA content from our guy Cole over there, um, and we've had a bunch of golf and Wimbledon, and it's we're hitting that real weird summer lull where we've just got baseball. Question? Which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with. Nice, you know, I'm sorry, I say that that's all we have until the you know as the day that we're recording, um, the entire college football landscape and college football or college athletics as a whole has decided to like implode on itself with the Big Ten snagging USC and UCLA. When I think Big Twelve football. I think seventy-five degrees in LA in November. I am I'm very big, cranky. Big Ten football. I'm very yeah, cranky it's... about this, Kyle. I, I don't I don't love it. I hate I, it. I, I, I absolutely hate it. Don't love it at all. Don't love it at all. Because it's going to uh, get, <laughs> I use this example online on Twitter, um, but it's going to get unwieldy in the sense that, you know, like when everyone cut cable and they're like, I can just subscribe to whatever I want to subscribe to. And then get like, you know, I got Hulu. And, what, and then all of a sudden you like need to get HBO Max and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. Everyone's like, I wish there was one place that they'd put all these things and I could just pay one price. That's cable, mm-hmm. folks. Like, you just came all yeah. the way back around and discovered cable. So I feel like at a certain point, you can't have a 20-team league because it's you're going to have to break them into divisions and pods and all this stuff, and then you just end up with alignments like you had in their original stuff. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, the Super League thing. And, like, I feel like I'm old man yelling at a cloud, but... Big Ten football to me is it's it's kind of snowing. It looks really cold. The game seventeen to ten. I don't know that, and that's just it's weird. Seventeen to ten. I, that's high scoring. That is. Oh, that's that's a high powered Iowa offense. Maybe a hundred passing yards in that game. It just it just gets out of hand. But regardless, uh, something that I do like is a movie that it's the twenty fifth anniversary. Unreal. This movie that, that we're talking. I know. Fuck. Uh, that we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Uh, as selected by the patrons, I let them pick an anniversary movie for this month, and they selected Men in Black, the 1997 action comedy. A police officer joins a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. Starred Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, and Vincent D'Onofrio. was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who directed the first three Men in Black films. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, grossed over $500 million worldwide. Wow. Spawned two sequels and a remake. Just an absolute smash hit 
And this is the first Will Smith movie that we've done on this show. Uh, Legend of Bagger Vance did win a Patreon vote. I want to acknowledge that. We haven't gotten to cover it yet. We will, but haven't done the other sports movies, Ali, Concussion. So th- this is the first first Will Smith conversation we've been able to have. It's a, it's a complicated conversation in, yeah. in 2022. But this run we were talking about before we recorded, like the, the run he's on when this comes out is unparalleled. Yeah. I honestly don't know how he did all of this work at once. I don't know how it, I don't know. Um, this will surprise you. I'm not an actor. So I don't know how the ins and outs go, but uh, he was finishing up um, Fresh Prince in 96. I think that's when Bad Boys came out or, 90, mm-hmm. or 95 was Bad Boys. 96 was Independence Day and the end of Fresh Prince and 97 was Men in Black. And honestly, like... Uh, that's and when somewhere I think mixed of, when in I think there was Will Big Willie style, too. Yeah. I think yeah. Big Willie style comes out at that point. Yeah, when I think of Will Smith, I think of Men in Black probably primarily. And then, mm-hmm. um, well, I, you, you can say, if I'm talking movies, like Fresh Prince, I think goes hand in hand. It's all, you know, what I'm saying. But um, And this was his height of songs with the movies. Yes. Like, with something we've talked about in the past, yeah. the movie song. For folks out there who were not old enough to appreciate 1997 <laughs> might be listening um men in black was a chart topping hit this was not just like oh it's not like uh l cool j sang the deep blue sea song where you just kind of oh. laugh at it like my hat is like a shark's fin um it's a deep cut for anyone who's real really into bad movies like i am um l cool j's character <laughs> uh being facing death and the thing that he thinks to do is give his famous omelet recipe is just near and dear to my heart <laughs> Incredible move. And from listening to how this got made, apparently, like, Saffron Burroughs was, like, the hero and, like, lived through his thing, whatever. And it tested so poorly with audiences that they were like, well, I guess we got to kill her off. Like, we should make him the hero. Who <laughs> liked him. Um, but it was, like, an actual... And same thing with um, Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West, the song single. is the best thing about the Yeah, movie. 100%. <laughs> we can make a laugh. I mean, I mean, it was it was is a great song. I mean, the the thing about Wild Wild West, too, is the first time that Will Smith is suddenly infallible because when like when Men in Black comes out, when it becomes a hit, it's like he is the biggest movie star on the planet. It's like him and him and Cruz like Cruz is on this run. Nick Cage is part of a really weird run that we've discussed in length. But like (laughs) Will Smith was that's why it was I mean, not to beleaguer a point that has been touched on so much in the past few months like it's such a shame that the oscars went down the way they did because it was really like our childhood hero this famous famous person finally getting this crowning achievement and giving us a chance to celebrate him and and, and instead he slaps chris rock in the face like an hour before that happens but this this will smith is how i want to remember him yeah this was the peak like humorous um i i said before we started recording like my sister and i would walk around saying some of these lines like yeah i make this look good like when you put on the sunglasses like that was just stuff or like you know we were saying some independence day and the chase scene with the alien ship where he's like i know you did not shoot that green shit at me like i can still remember these things like these inconsequent well i guess the i make this look good line is like a you know it's highlighted pretty clearly as they like hand to him and he puts the glasses on all that stuff but um like I remember like knock your punk ass down <laughs> NYPD. I don't think anyone <laughs> like, did action comedy 
better no. than Will better than Will Smith because like Cruz could do the action, Cage did action and unintentional comedy. <laughs> in the in the '90s though, like uh, the action comedy stuff, like Will Smith yeah. had it, and then and he still and we've seen he, he has the ability to turn off the comedy switch too, which like a lot of people who do comedy can't interact in that realm. But like yeah. in Enemy of the State, in Ali, <laughs> like those are not yeah, those are not you know comedic performances but like this this movie is the perfect perfect yeah. combination of action i am legend is not comedic <laughs> not comedic that is not a movie we I will not laugh still not recovered from that movie we will we will not be laughing during i am legend <laughs> right, not yeah. one not one time but this movie this movie in independence day like what a back-to-back this is yeah. like i looked it up and i just could not because i was like i couldn't figure out which one was first and so i looked it up and i was just like wow right into it this is incredible work um and he just plays it so effortlessly and just so naturally funny um i just i love i i really both of those movies both independence day and men in black were actually like pretty cemented when i i told you i was like i took the fewest notes of any of the movies we've done that i've you know or even um ted lasso episodes Mm -hmm. which are shorter than this not by much <laughs> it's a tight 88. Tight 88. Um, and part of it is it, it is shorter, but I realized I sat there and I was like, I don't have anything to write. It's just a, it's just a clean, good, fun. It and it held up pretty well. I mean, obviously, like the the gra- like the special effects and like whatever else looks a little cheesy at points, but honestly, not terrible. Yeah. Could have been way worse. And you've got a few way moments worse. of like, oh, there's so and so, or there's so and so. Um. And I just, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. When I sat down to watch again, I was like, this movie's fun. I enjoyed that. They don't make them like this in the sense of like, this had a big budget behind it. I mean, for the times, like it looked way different now, but this is just, and I, I incorrect. It's a tight 98, which is still very short, like contained runtime, like two big stars, solid action comedy. Everything's paced really well. doesn't try to do too much, like keeps it simple, keeps it really fun. Like I don't, there's no doubt to me this is a Hall of Fame movie. Like, this works so well. It's so consistent. Yeah. I was really impressed how well it held up. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually sat down and watched it. Yeah, start to finish, because it was, it did do a ton of cable cable time in the 2000s, so you'd always catch it in, in, in bits and pieces. But yeah, from the, catching it from the beginning scene where, with, with Kay and his old partner to the end, like, it's yeah. not, haven't had that many sit-downs and rewatches, but it's just like, just efficiently great. It's like, uh, I, I don't know who to compare it to, but just like, just that person is getting you your 25 and 25 and 15 every night. Like it's just, perfect. yeah, I really like, it. I feel like I'm letting everyone down and I don't have like a bunch of funny quips to say about it. Like I just, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Just, just good. And that's the podcast folks. <laughs> yeah, Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> no, there are definitely, there's so many scenes that if you ask me to like, sum up what i you know um i all will always remember the alien in the guy's head always like that is so and i honestly think is the like edgar skin suit one of the longest standing bits from this movie it is you you can make that reference often like yeah when someone is looking weird or acting weird or different like that's yeah it's edgar edgar skin suit yeah, wearing an or like, the, suit. like sugar. 
<laughs> there were times I'd be like, sugar. like it's just <laughs> and he's so good in it. D'Onofrio like, crushes it. Incredible performance. Like is, what is a this physical his best performance? Listen, there's like full metal jacket. There's this. That that's a question we should have asked. Like, what is what is <laughs> this, I mean he, work. he's he's king he's great as Kingpin in uh yeah, in the Netflix good, Marvel. Yeah. 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 In the yeah, she, Daredevil, yeah, he's great as Kingpin. Yeah. But this has I mean, who would have thought that this kind of like I don't want to say throwaway part, but like he's literally playing a cockroach wearing increasingly decaying adult human man skin his time in the makeup chair must have been horrendous and it's so gross (laughs) yeah if you want to gross me out involve a character with gigantic cockroaches coming out of his sleeves as he's serving someone food with his dirty hands it's massively massive the amount of cockroaches in this movie it was part of the imdb trivia that the i don't know like a animal society or something had to ensure that no cockroaches were harmed in this movie so will smith was crushing mustard packets okay so that was the other thing is like even though knowing that's well that's mustard you know you've done like i even hesitate i don't like to step on roaches because i don't like that like yeah and it played off of all of that so well that i was just like they do they, one of the things that they do heavily lean on and i think it works and especially works for 1997 is the like nickelodeon ooze throughout oh, like oh yeah oh yeah so and much. most of those effects every a lot of stuff besides like the the bug at the end practical the blue yeah. goo in the beginning, that was, I've got the IMDb trivia in front of me, blew up a 25-gallon drum of blue goo for the scene at the beginning of the movie. Of actually, course. it actually works for me. Like, it's kind of a nostalgic look back. I like yeah. that how many of the effects they're doing are practical. And, like, the the 97 CGI, like, that stuff stands out as, oh, yeah. it would look better now. But, like, the practical effects are a whole lot of fun. This is why, like, the bad guy, the, you know, huge roach, was far scarier to me as the Edgar suit. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was, I mean, the giant roach is gross. Yeah. And, it, and I know, have like, a couple <laughs> notes in here. That's just like, gross, gross, gross. gross. <laughs> like all of the, like most of the aliens, I think lean on the gross side. Um, but even when they're blowing monks head off, Tony Shalhoub or whatever, Shalhoub, Shalhoub, Shalhoub. Um, when they're blowing his head off, that's more goo, just a bunch of goo. And he comes back looking real slimy. Oh, yeah. A lot of slime in this movie. Tony Tony Shalhoub is forever. He is now Abe Wiseman to me for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He wow. is so, he is so, have you, have you watched it? No. Me and Alex, me and Alex are going to bully you because he is <laughs> wonderful in that show. No, she's Wonderful. gonna. She has a list of things to bully me about now. It's growing. She's gonna be so I mad know. because I, I made her watch Top Gun. I'm gonna text the group now. Hold oh, on. No. Add to the list. She might know that I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> I have seen Hot Rod though, so she can't get mad at that. <laughs> I mean, Hot Rod movie that movie that we covered earlier on this show earlier this year, me and Alex, but does have a uh, a. 15 year i think anniversary coming up next month or in august yeah that's wild Mm -hmm. that's what and just how 
young he like especially will smith like um because tommy lee jones i feel like has looked the same age for my entire life i feel like tommy lee jones was born 55 years old like i want to say it's like a he never ages thing but it like he plateaued at 55 you know what i mean like Mm. i feel like he looks similar now than he did in this one um, and he was born to play this role too. Yeah. He is, he is. He I mean, they're both like, we talked about Will Smith. Well. Tommy Lee Jones is a great, it's like this. And then uh, the fugitive yeah, 100%. for me. It, I uh, don't care. Perfect. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the movie delivered perfectly. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> Everything he delivers in this movie though, is yeah. just spot on like deadpan, uh, absolutely great. I want to let's. I want to dive into some of the IMDb trivia. Most yeah. of the stuff is. I, I wanted to just dive into kind of the, some casting stuff. Like Will Smith didn't want after reading the script, didn't want to accept the role because one year before he had started Independence Day, he didn't want to make another movie about aliens. His wife Jada Pinkett Smith convinced him to take the part. I don't so, know if I knew they were married that early in his career. I see. I think they were together. I don't know if they had got. They yeah. might. Have, they probably just got married. Um, thank God she did because when you asked me to think about like casting things, I was watching. I was like, I legitimately could not recast this if I wanted to. In the trivia, and these are very allegedly uh, two people. I, I found two names that were connected to this role to Jay. The first one is Chris O'Donnell. I don't think this movie even makes fifty million dollars if Chris O'Donnell is, is Jay. And this is coming from someone who, in nineteen ninety seven into some extents now uh had the world's biggest crush on chris o'donnell does not work batman and robin apologist caroline darney you heard it here first <laughs> listen <laughs> mr <laughs> dr freeze has some really good puns listen uma thurman and batman and robin was god that movie was so bad so bad oh it just, just one, terrible. Of the, one of the worst i still like whenever your costume designer puts nipples on the costume for them like it's gonna be like you're gonna have a bad day like alicia silverstone she tried so hard oh, i forgot she forgot she was in that oh it's what so a, what a Alfred. cast like it's just awful like just terrible what? terrible stuff what a cast very 90s cast uh david schwimmer asked to play the role of jay excuse me david schwimmer completely different movie it would be there would be much more that movie is much more of of tommy lee jones of k getting very annoyed with jay it's it's much more of like a bumbling cop comedy Awful. and as much as i am a chris o'donnell apologist and this is nothing against david trimmer this is 100 percent everything to do with ross being the absolute worst television character that's ever existed in the history of the world i have essays upon essays to write in my head about how horrible of a boyfriend ross is and that no one should have cheered for ross and rachel to be together because that is a toxic relationship and so i cannot fathom i just that's what i mean like i just in there are movies that we've done where you can be like oh i see that like i could see that person's mm-hmm. role like i see that um this is not one of them. I don't see no. anyone else having it work as well as it did, especially with it being 1997. Does that make yeah. sense? When we get to the, yeah, when we get to the casting category, I didn't have anything for the lead roles. Um, the one thing I saw about the role of K, Clint Eastwood allegedly offered the role of K. Could see it at least. 
I could see it, especially, yeah, I'm trying to think of like 1997, not like Gran Torino. Yeah, it's so uh, this is like a couple years after Unforgiven, I think. Yeah. But he would need some of the sensibilities. Gran Torino weirdly has a couple like comedic moments. Um, yeah. You would hope that he's like less like racially inclined. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I could see it, but like Tommy Lee Jones, perfect in this one. Yeah. Th- this is the one that is interesting. It's not casting, but this is like Quentin Tarantino originally offered the chance to direct, but turned it down. Quentin Tarantino's Men in Black, 179 minutes. Uh, so many deaths. Multiple acts, so many deaths, so much violence. Uh, it's It's a lot different. Yeah, that's a very, uh, very different movie. My, many more set pieces of of like three people talking at a table. <laughs> yes. Like there's a scene where where K and J and Zed are in a diner and 100%. they're just chatting. Yeah. They're just chatting for 15 minutes. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. I would have loved uh, to have seen Rip it. Torn? Yes. Rip Torn. <laughs> incredible in this movie. Of a, a, a true lord. This is. <laughs> I think of this. This and Patches O'Hulahan are Rip Torn for me. <laughs> Oh man, I just like it's just perfect. This would be I just I really think they crushed it with the casting and it's a movie that it's just kinda of, you think about like if you try and get too deep into the plot or the intricacies or like what you know, like as you know, let's see what the time frame is about, right? Um, you know, men in black is a, is a concept that I think that I first heard about from X-Files, which is a very different, like more serious, like men in black type, like these are the people that will come like kill you for finding out too much about what the inner government workings are and this intense. So it's an interesting, like this, the plot line isn't super involved if we're going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of like, here are these two cool dudes, one young, one old. There's this like cool government agency. He goes to work there and some roach comes and is looking for a galaxy like why did the roach need the galaxy they they don't super really simple. go into that yeah <laughs> it's no. just like super, oh, no, super simple and then the other like <laughs> they had to add some sort of external threat and so the people they're trying to actually help are threatening to blow up the earth okay cool and they've got an hour to fix it awesome why not cool yeah and and Tommy Lee Jones says the line about, you know, there's always some cruiser or something's ready to yeah. blow up the earth. And it's just like, this is just another day in the office. And it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of when you look at it at that lens and like the length of his career and how that was like, it's just like, this is just another day in the office for him, which but is really, like, which is really fun. I feel like, you know, the idea is, Oh, he trains him. He's like, Oh, I'm not training or uh, partner. I'm training to replace me. My man was there for two days that's the let's okay. the the category the new category I have the strikeout as voted on by the patrons they picked this category of the the most head scratching or worst part of the movie let's I we need to dive into like yeah. workplace requirements yeah. at MIB because that's that's it I we're gonna get to that after this because I have to I have to run this piece of trivia by you okay that's this our last thing so. Uh, I was curious what happened to Linda Fiorentino, yeah. who, who plays who plays the 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 more the mortician in this movie, yeah. Laurel. Eventually, Agent L at the end of the movie. I was curious. She was in this. She was in Dogma movie. We talked about the you and I both like. Okay, 
in 2009. So her last movie really I looked is like in 2009. In 2009, former Federal Bureau of Investigation agent Mark T. Rossini pled guilty to illegally accessing FBI computers during the prosecution of Los Angeles private investigator Anthony Pelicano. Might be pronouncing that wrong. Law enforcement officials say Fiorentino previously had a relationship with Pelicano and wanted to assist his defense. According to prosecutors, Fiorentino was then dating Rossini, the agent trying to prosecute this guy and told him she was researching a screenplay based on the case. He conducted searches of government computers for information related to the Pelicano case, passed the results to Fiorentino, who then handed the files over to Pelicano's lawyers in a failed effort to help Pelicano avoid a 15-year prison sentence. So is she in jail? She's not in jail. I, I don't think How she served that time. How land you in jail? How does that not a movie already? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> she was dating the officer to try and help the... Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Also, yeah. like, why is he just showing her stuff? Like, you can't just show people things that they're going to be in a movie. Big Ben and Black fan. Yeah. Like, just couldn't couldn't resist. That's wild. Huh. Right? 2009. God. Okay. Yeah. And she has an... Uh... She has not, she has seemingly not worked, in, at least in movies, since 2009. She did a direct-to-video movie called Once More with Feeling. Uh, and, and, and that's it. That's with, wild. Uh, with, a, with Adriana from, from The Sopranos. Uh, and yeah. I realized that I was mixing her up with, um, I thought she was an ER, but I was thinking of um, Maura Tierney. Not remotely the same oh, person. Not, not more. Oh, love, love yeah. more tyranny. Love more tyranny. Um, okay, so what worked about this one? We we talked about the song. Yeah, we talked yeah, about the, the song. Song, the casting, um, the the runtime, and it it was just simple enough and hit enough things where they they gave you enough of this alien existence, and I like the little tidbits here and there of like. Oh, so and so. Like at the end, like I think Dennis Rodman they said was one. And it's like too Dennis obvious Rodman. at the end. Like or everything was too obvious. Like I like the way that they just kind of use the they, that they use the tabloids as like the way to actually find information. Um and I really think this works primarily because of the casting for me. Like they kept mm-hmm. it simple. They showed you enough of the alien stuff without really hitting you over the head with it, I thought. Like there was, you know, the coffee scene and then walking through the you know entry hall where all the different like aliens are coming in like customs um and that was a cool way of showing you that there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on and this is bigger than us and it's been going on forever and they've got a system without it it was almost it was like an exposition scene that was enough for me and you kind of show you know did they need to have the like birthing scene probably not probably not (laughs) Probably not. But they they didn't they didn't over explain. And that's really nice. That's really nice. We didn't need to know exactly how the neuralizer works. No. We don't need to know the laws between these places. Like very kept it very, very simple, did not make us think too much on this. And then it's like it's paced so well too. Like they don't really have time to explain too much because the first three scenes just have us off and rolling. There's the you know, there's the scene where they they've uh, find the find the immigrants being transported. Then Will Smith runs down an alien, 
and then Edgar, we get the Edgar suit. It's like bang, yeah. bang, bang. We've got our bad. We've got you know we know aliens are around. Like it's, I mean, and they we're, give you we're off and rolling. They give you tidbits enough to try and put it together yourself if you're trying to figure out like once you get the scene where you know um, to prevent war, the galaxy is on our Orion's belt. Like there are enough scenes here and there, like whether it's going back to the jewelry store and there's like it says Orion on the wall. Like they then heavy handedly show you the cat wearing the collar that says Orion, like whatever. But there's enough that because look, I don't think that their intent is to have grown ups think incredible like this isn't a problem solving movie for grown ups where you're watching something. You're not trying to find drama. the Zodiac killer no. or anything with this. But there's enough for like a a sharp tween watching it to feel like <laughs> wait a minute isn't the gap name all right um and so i do kind of like that part where they give enough to you that you can figure it out and then there's like the fun stuff of like okay we have this alien technology what are we doing with it? you know they have like the weapons that you know, the cricket is a running joke like you know or a joke that i think lands pretty well it's this big macho police officer that's like you was a little gun and this is gonna do it and like you know blows him back against the wall Series four, de-atomizer. That's what I'm talking about. Noisy cricket. Hey, Kane, no, no, come on, man. You, you get a, a series four de-atomizer, I, I get a little, little midget cricket. Oh, yeah. The subtle running jokes are really good in this one. Yeah. Like the the agent, the this is Agent Black, Dr. White, like gigs <laughs> like that, like jokes like that, that they're they're not like trying to set you up for huge laughs. They're just expecting the Tommy Lee Jones deadpan delivery to hit, to, like hit for you. And I, I like, again, it's like a very minimalist way of doing that. We're not like trying to set you into they There are no extended big time, extended laugh scenes, except for, I would say the training scene is like, that's set up for a big, like a big ass laugh. But other than that, it's like very small, subtle things. Like you might not catch them on first watch, yeah. which makes this one, easier you know even more fun to rewatch and i liked all the you know they said he's like i don't want to be called you know nicknames or whatever and he calls them one right away and he's like called slick a few times and junior and tiger like all these things um and even the comments where it's just stuff that i wrote down that i love that was like um cab drivers not as many as you think <laughs> like stuff like that <laughs> and uh elvis is not dead he just went home (laughs) (laughs) some of those just off the cuff where again they don't go into some sort of thing where like they have to show you the alien like elvis was an alien like all this stuff it's just like these offhanded deadpan tommy lee delivery and it's it's that's i think you got you know in the head like i think that works so well in this yeah it's kind of the way they're the way he's training jay is just like watch and learn i'll you know i'm gonna throw out some you know info to you and that's how we have to watch it too like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't like hand feed us all this stuff and i think the movie works better for because this movie could easily be two hours long two hours and 10 minutes and it's filled with exposition and, and weird stuff and there's a throwback scene like a, a backstory to when they first meet the aliens and and that's i that's the thing the second movie has a little more of is a little more backstory and stuff has to all make sense and, and mean things. And they, they connect all these things with like Rosario Dawson's character. And then, um, it's the, the bad Laura Flynn Boyle is the bad guy in that movie. Oh, like, I don't know. I don't remember. I've seen all of them. I don't remember anything that happens in two or three. 
Laura from that Boyle. Is, I haven't seen her in ages. Two is uh, her henchman is Johnny Knoxville because that's back in the phase Stop. when Hollywood when Hollywood was like, man, the the guy who lights himself on fire. Like we gotta get we this gotta guy get in him. more movies. <laughs> gotta get him in more um, movies. Johnny Knoxville, sneaky Hazzard. good in oh, Dukes of Hazard, uh, sneaky good in Walking Tall. Um, oh. the, the rock movie, but is that what Sean I mean, William Scott? No, so Walking Tall, Dukes of Hazard was uh, with Sean William Scott. Walking Tall was The Rock, where he plays like a, a was army that? vet who, was who there, goes back to his small mining town. Did he have a sidekick in that, or was that Johnny Knoxville? Johnny Knoxville was the sidekick. Oh, it was like cool. his, he was like his his ex, like druggy felon buddy who he makes his de- his sheriff's deputy. Walking Tall, just a really, Incredible. really good time. Really good time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this one, we talked about uh, Vincent D'Orfio, but like, uh, holy shit. Oh, like, my God. What a, I appreciate it more now. I think when I was younger, I was just like, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm curious. Like, I watched it with Grayson. I'm curious. Like, he was just all like, oh, gross. Like, this stuff. But, like, I never really appreciated how incredible performance is because he's also really funny yes. for a lot of this, too. Yeah. Like really funny, being weird and stuff like that. In the trivia, like he taped up his legs and stuff, like in his elbows and stuff yeah. like that, to to put on that weird walk. But like, it's a very physical performance, and like it, really, really good. It's and it's funny because you they set it up again just enough exposition that he's clearly a very shitty person. This Edgar. Oh, he sucks. You <laughs> like, don't you don't feel bad for Edgar at all. It's really important. <laughs> And also, it's so smart. Like, they what they give him 15 seconds, 30 seconds of talking before, you know, the only good thing around here is my truck. And he's talking about, like, you act, oh, you are acting like a dog that gets hit too much or doesn't get hit enough, like that kind of thing to his wife. And I want to have a steak. You know, you're a bad person when it only takes 30 seconds for us to know, like, oh, you're a great A piece of shit. (laughs) Like, they just were like, okay, hold on, I got it. We're going to make her sound like you know his servant where he has she has to have dinner on the table but he doesn't like her cooking then she accuses her of poisoning him and then he's gonna say she doesn't get beat enough or is beat too much <laughs> compared to a dog and say she's useless and looking good at this truck did we get it all <laughs> and they're like nailed it i go out i work my butt off to make a living all i want is to come home to a nice clean house with a nice fat steak on the table but instead i get this it looks like poison don't you take that away i'm eating that damn it it is poison isn't it Swear to God, I would not be surprised if it was the way you skulk around here like a dog been hit too much or ain't been hit enough. I can't make up my mind. You're useless, Beatrice. The only thing that pulls its weight around here is my goddamn truck. Do do we do we need to also imply that he's like? Does he need to come out in clan robes, or are we good? Like, <laughs> like this guy sucks. Like it is not a doubt in anyone's mind, and so. It adds so much for me for the character because you can't have a character that you feel sorry for, right? That gets that has to be the skin suit. You have to have it be someone that you're like, oh, that guy. Oh, no. oh. what what, <laughs> what a shame! shame. Yeah, what a Jer- shame. Jerry Seinfeld popcorn gif, like eh. what a shame. <laughs> the the bug the bug from Men in Black had a point. Welcome <laughs> to my TED talk. <laughs> in this essay, I will. It's just the bug and Thanos like talking. Like, listen, I think if they listen to us, listen, uh, we were we were the only two reasonable people in this entire galaxy. But, <laughs> so it's just like, and it was so perfect that all of it with the way that the 
the wife reacted and just how he played it was so perfect and i just loved being grossed out by him in this movie it was wonderful even when he was like the server he said we like said the guy took a break and then they panned to him he's like broken in half like it was very yeah it went from these like light comical moments to some actually kind of dark shit oh yeah i mean david I cross has one of the worst deaths of all time like being whatever happened to him is horrendous i know and then you look at you know like they i i feel bad well they were you know well one of the was the big guy actually like not human but that shape did he also have an alien in his head that was like running a little i believe he also had an alien who's working the controls that's probably that, the best that way would to be put my it. yeah but yeah, even like the imagery of like getting the like cockroach tail through the neck i was like oh god yeah. no um so it was a you know some weird dark moments in the middle of this like levity stuff that um but he just and shout out to the makeup department because the decaying was perfect like mm-hmm. each time you saw him you're like buddy yeah i mean it's important <laughs> the villain in this was actually scary like actually yeah. felt threatening like wasn't a complete comedic gag it was a really nice mix yeah i thought that was excellently um handled and i really liked and though this might go into what i what i not so what i didn't like but uh i could have used a longer training scene in the beginning, like when they were running them through the drills or whatever you want to call it. Um, yes. Like trying to see, because I think that kind of thing can be super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the ones that we get where he's like trying to do the puzzle, you know, trying to do the quiz. And honestly, like that's the point of it. Like they give the paper that's too long. Like how are you problem solving? We want to see you problem solving. Even though every, like all three dogs are in my house right now, when he dragged that table, all of them woke up and were like, what <laughs> is this? And I was like, oh, that's a terrible sound. But It's funny. Um, in, in retrospect, I thought that scene was longer because it's really just the quiz, which is a really funny bit. And then the shooting range bit, yeah. which is a really funny bit. And then it's, and then it's done. Yeah. Uh, that, that could have been extended. I, I want to sh- let's shift that into new category. It's the strikeout. That name is up for debate, by the way, but it's the it's the the worst or most head scratching moment of you know part of the movie. The patrons voted to add this add this category. For me, it's it's just MIB training standards incredibly low, Inc- yeah. just incredibly low. Cage like imagine like you you can't even like get a job at a fucking quiznos and you're good to go on your own in two days right and here is and here is like jay is now in charge it is jay and agent l and fiorentino's character at the end of this movie are your two agents and they have a combined two days of of mib experience between them so that's what and it didn't need to be that compressed like they didn't have to have this take a day they could have just had the the plot stretch like over in movie time two weeks or whatever it is but even that because the thing that kind of like bothers me about is it was they can't have two brand new people working together that's ridiculous no that's absolutely no you need you need a vet like Kay got his his partner was was old like he was an older guy it's implied that the it's implied that Kay has been around since the beginning so you assume that guy has two and that's 60 plus years of experience or like yeah. like 60 64 to 97 whatever that is like and then it's like nope nope there you know now you guys are on your own it's just and it would have been fun 
again, like I like the 98 minute runtime. If you make it 103 minutes and we get five minutes of a two week kind of training montage and it's like, this is what Kay does during the day. Like these yeah. are like fun things. Teach him it, all the buttons some, in the car. Exactly. It has some payoff at the end with like, he's like not bad, you know, two days, two days in and you've already done this. And like, it's like a funny thing, but it would have been kind of cool to see what, you know, what Kay does on the job and like teach him like, what what does Jay know at the end of this? He knows what the red button does, but he doesn't really know how to do it. He's never driven it on his own before. It's not like like Kay should have served as a like a driving instructor for yeah. one. He knows the noisy cricket uh, will will make a big explosion and blow your ass back. And not to touch the he, ball thing that shoots around the. That was a good gag though. I appreciated that. that. Was, like that, that was, was, and that's where that's where Will Smith like really thrives. His face, his facial work is so like his reactionary stuff. Like when mm -hmm. he's not, it's perfect. And like when it goes in the room with all the glass and he's just like, Oh yeah, it's perfect. But yeah, he doesn't know anything. And having worked for the government, there's no way his paperwork's done in two days. No. That man has not no. gotten his computer log on yet. Like I am telling you right now. And that's the thing that kind of, and you know, again, this is, overly serious for men in black and not that mad about it um but it's just like they didn't have to do it that way and it's also why go through the training scene at all with the you know, as he says like captain american yes sir yes sir um because you're the best of the best of the best if you can basically just choose who you want anyway just choose yeah. who you want and then train them like why i i got and again i really like that scene so i'm not saying take that scene out I just, it was a little, that was the thing that was like incongruous for me. Like you could have, yeah. they could have done more there and they had the space with the runtime to do it. Like this wasn't like it was two hours and 10 minutes and they were like, well, we gotta, gotta get through this. And, and the only reason they pick him, like I get, Kay seems, Kay spent a little bit of time with him, must have like kind of seen something in him. But the only reason he gives that is like he ran down that alien. That's got to mean he ran something. Out of like, that he's good at running. Yeah. Got a great <laughs> endurance, great athlete. Like <laughs> yeah. those guys down there were like, you pulled some guys from West Point in Annapolis. Like we yeah, don't want to give them, we don't want to give them a shot. Like there, there's an alternative version of this movie where like two weeks down the road, they have to bring Kay back in because they're like, he's, he's awful. Like we should have looked at the shooting, the little girl thing is kind of a sign of like his decision-making process is really flawed. <laughs> I did absolutely love, it's just too funny to me where he's just like, it's way past her bedtime. She's holding it's quantum one of physics. the best. It's it's excellent. one of the best scenes yeah. of the nineties. It's she, so and funny. She's about to start some shit, Zed. <laughs> <laughs> Just the entire I'll play the entire thing. May I ask why you felt little Tiffany deserved to die? Well, she was the only one that actually seemed dangerous at the time, sir. How'd you come to that conclusion? Well, first I was going to pop this guy hanging from the street light, and then I realized, you know, he's just working out. And how would I feel if somebody come running in a gym, bust me in my ass while I'm on a treadmill? Then I saw this uh, snarling beast guy, and I noticed he had a tissue in his hand. I realized, you know, he's not snarling. He's sneezing. You know, ain't no real threat there. And I saw a little Tiffany. I'm thinking, you know, eight-year-old white girl, middle of the ghetto, bunch of monsters, this time of night with quantum physics books. She about to start some shit, Zed. She's about eight years old. Those books are way too advanced for her. If you ask me, I'd say she's up to something. And to be honest, I'd appreciate it if you eased up off my back about it. But the entire thing, him running through the reasoning of why he did like this guy, he's not, he's not yelling. He sneezes. He's just got the sniffles. <laughs> he's, he's just got the sniffles. He's like, 
it, this guy's just trying to get a workout in like it really really great stuff exactly. it's like one of the few yeah. big laughs like it's one of the few set pieces they put in it's like you need to find this funny and every part hits yeah and it just i just don't i love the idea of like oh okay gets to go be with the woman that he like even in my hopeless romantic heart did, we need did to we talk really... about k's k's single wife here <laughs> <laughs> Did you... <laughs> he rolls back up like 35 years later from a coma coma he's he's wearing a, a fucking like a fishing shirt or hawaiian he's like hey no clue what happened like catch me he rolls up 35 years okay so she's had to she's been alone for 35 years and judging not by alone, the level of surveillance not alone. he's watching her <laughs> judging by that level of surveillance i don't think it's a coincidence that she's on her own I, I'm not. I'm not surprised if Kay's pulling some strings, warding off suitors. Yeah. Like one, there. So not only does she she she's alone for 35 years. Then Kay comes back. Then it's like, hey, we got to go full Austin Powers. Got to catch you up on everything that's happened in the past 35 years. Like he, here's a here's a, a primitive Motorola cell phone. Enjoy that. Chew on that for a little bit. So like here's the, cable. That's the question. You know, again that on the top level watching it you don't need answers like it works but if we're deep diving into it so the memory thing does he forget everything that's happened just everything related to the job just everything related to aliens like seems like everything because then you have a point (laughs) we gotta teach this man what the internet is And it's just, that's a huge, I don't know why. And I know he says like, those are memories I want to forget or like, but why? Okay. Cause so, it seems like some cool shit you did and just, you know, you're not going to tell anybody because people it have goes had into my, start, like, my other point of, of what didn't work. Life as an MIB agent seems, seems not great. Seems very untenable. Seems like a, a life that you don't serve. So here's the thing. You have to, you have to, you have no contact. You're, you're not allowed to have a social life. You can't have a fake job or anything. Like you can't date, can't do, can't do anything. You're essentially, you're a fucking monk. Yeah. Like you're, you're in the Catholic church, except you don't see anybody except your, except your coworkers who are rip torn and Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> so you're, you're spending the rest of your days with those guys. We're not hosting um, an intergalactic kegger down here. <laughs> there's no training. Uh, you have to burn off your fingerprints, which yeah. seems bad. Again, seems objectively bad. Stuff that does not in hindsight, like if you, if you eventually retire from this job, you should not do that. That's that's the thing. Kay goes, I just like jumped down the gullet of a bug or whatever. And I've that and a hundred other memories I don't want. Then why did you do this? Yeah. Like if that's if that's what you're gonna dedicate your life to, and then it's been so bad that you just want to forget about it for 35 years, like my guy, you're you, taking this job as a sucker's bet. Also, don't do this outside of the building at the end of the day. I feel like you should like Get your paperwork lined up. You should yeah. sit down and go over the story that you're going to tell yourself because you have to fill them in on something that just happened, right? So that's where you can yeah. say, like, you've been living here. You've you've been in a coma for 35 years. And you're just waking up, and this is your name and, like, whatever else. But um, if you deleted their social security, these people are screwed going back into the workforce. <laughs> like, going yeah. back into the real world. This man has no driver's license. Like 
I just don't think there was a ton of foresight. Like, didn't think ahead on, you know, I wonder what their retirement plan is like, you know. Do they MIB have is an days? absolute, <laughs> they are an instant gratification department. They are not thinking even a week into the future. They gave everything, everything is now. One night to consider, do you want to erase your person, like entire person? We have no background on if he had a family. <laughs> do you have a girlfriend? A that's a, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like what is like parents? Where did Jay's like? Are you only getting orphans, like friendless orphans, to do this? Like, you've got know. you've got eleven year old Harry Potter is like your only prime recruit. Other yeah. than that, it's like <laughs> everyone else is taking time. a is taking a terrible life. He didn't even get to like get his affairs in order. No, so, like, it's just like get in, get in here and burn off your fingerprints and put and put on this suit. Guess what? Athleisure, it's out the door for you. Those nice, like <laughs> those nice, like sweatpants you've got. His like no, great. It was like yeah. full nineties Will Smith peak style with like, I in the first scene where he's chasing that guy down, he has a. I don't know if you've ever worn coveralls, but running full speed with coveralls tied at your waist is not easy. Like it does not scream peak like running attire and he gets it done you know he looks great uh he, he, lo- he does looks looks real good yeah <laughs> it's i mean and, and to pull in for men in black too they they work k back in the plot to like he's working as a postman his wife has left Ow. him he's oh, dissatisfied no! yeah oh, no! oh you didn't remember yeah <laughs> that's that's a, that's the thing. There's a there's a conversation. Yeah. So Men in Black Two, I had that on DVD. Watched it a lot when I was like twelve or thirteen. And there's a conversation there. He's trying to convince because Kay doesn't remember Jay. He's Jay's trying to convince him to like, hey, just come with me. Like, I know why you're you're essentially saying, I know why you're not happy. Why you're always staring at the stars and you're wondering why. And he says something like, that's why your wife left you, Kay. And like, it, things don't go things don't go well for him. Like you live this this MIB life like it's kind of like you got to go out in a in a, in a casket man yeah. like you can't live a normal life after this oh my god that's so disheartening do they um and the again because I don't remember two or three that much what happens if like you know he's Jay and the top recruit is John like what does he become <laughs> That's it's like Can in the NFL all- when there's two R Williamses and one becomes like <laughs> like when the Cowboys had two Roy Williamses. <laughs> it's like what Jaylen the Cowboys the Cowboys Williams? had a Roy yeah the Cowboys had a Roy Williams and a Randall Williams at the same time so, so one was R A Williams yeah yeah so I, I just wonder so. like especially also wasn't his character's name Jay before mm. they made him Jay. Yes. It was like a Homer J. Simpson situation. Yeah. So MIB can have a max of can have a max of twenty six <laughs> agents. They all have to have and they're like, different... We're really sorry, Harry. You would have been great, but we already have Zed is the head guy because he's yeah. like we got someone with the Z name, like we gotta hold on to this guy. We gotta, we gotta put the him rank. in charge. <laughs> gotta put him in charge we haven't met a single good zach but the zed guy is just it's just xander after xander like <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just uh, cracked me up i just feel so bad for Kay. <laughs> 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 why bless you because even his old partner like 
what is that guy? Because they make him seem much old. I don't, you know, I'm not being yeah, I, he, They make him seem much older than than K. They're is. sending that guy out like Brooks and Shawshank. Like he gets neuralized and then he's just like riding the bus, scared to death. Where does he go? <laughs> like he doesn't have a family that can take care of him. He can't. It's... He's not. He has no discernible skills that he will remember that he can use to get another job. Is that like he That's... became like a postman? I don't know. That's the thing. MIB should be like when you, when we neuralize you after you retire, like you're going to be Jeff Bezos. Like you're going to be a multi-billionaire. You're going to be set up in a penthouse. You're just going to have been in a coma for 20 years, but like you will have an assistant who's waiting on you hand and foot, like a trained assistant who understands and will get you acclimated to the world. We will find something you like. We're going to get you into golf. We're going to get you into like, we're going to, you know, we're going to put you in some clubs, some social activities. Like we're going to transition you to the real world. Like, and I instead need it's like, that. yeah, have fun, have fun with your wife. Who's going to have some questions. <laughs> like I need them to set up some sort of, Again, like I need to know what their retirement plan is. They should include a solid 401k. They should get severance, you know, that stuff that like they are able to retire. And that then when they get neuralized, they have a story that's told to them. It's like you were an agent with the federal government for 30 years. You've since retired. The work you did was top secret, like whatever it is, like that kind of thing that they can then go to. Uh, neighborhood, wherever where they're set up, like blah blah blah. Like I just, I need more information. I need to tell these guys are taking care of because right now I just don't think they are. No, no, this government is not taking care of its veterans. It's Men in Black veterans. It's sad. Yeah, it's, and it's, I, it's, they have the money. They told us so. They invented Velcro and microwaves and liposuction. I think were the three things. <laughs> they have they have the noisy cricket, which yeah. had, cannot be a cheap weapon. Like, y'all um, have the budget. I see it. I see it at all costs. Yeah, I see it in your surveillance equipment. You have the budget. Like, if you can have a satellite set up just to look at that poor woman's backyard as she gardens, I don't want to know what else you have the power to do. No, it's it's a problem. We need there needed to be an MIB whistleblower. Like, if if Edward Snowden worked for worked for MIB, I think it's the have... little coffee aliens. They're gonna. <laughs> they're, they're the they're the whistleblowers. Yeah, they're the whistleblowers. <laughs> uh, is there anything else about this one that doesn't work besides uh, MIB's just untenable work policies? <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I just really, uh, man, they they really had to train him more. Yeah. They can't. He doesn't know nearly enough stuff. Yeah, I gotta one thing. I gotta say, it is uh, it's still jarring. They make extra effort to show the show the towers in this movie multiple times, and it's just like, oh, like you like they're they're in the shot. They are the focus of the shot. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look at this cool shot. They're in New York City, and it's just like, oh fuck, brutal. I like, thought the same super thing. Super. Yeah. super brutal there it's it's always like it's always like a little gut punch when you mm-hmm. see them in in pop culture but especially here it is like hey look at this shot yeah these are the twin towers they're great they're gonna be here forever like it's it's a really tough shot in retrospect speaking of, i think it was speaking of friends not to bring up friends twice on the <laughs> on the men in black um there's a couple of like establishing shots for friends where it does the same thing and it's just like new york and it's it I don't think it'll ever not be jarring no, to see it. It's, it's yeah, for I mean for for like our generation, like watching yeah. this movie with Grace and I was kind of thinking like, man, you have no idea why that is so yeah, you know, 
why why it's so weird uh but it's yeah that that's that's the only thing this movie like if they were gonna digitally edit some stuff out like that would be the move just yeah just take them out because it's uh it's kind of it's i mean it is it's like a time capsule you know Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. wild like this that long i mean it's the same not the same but uh when you see things pre 2001 that have like scenes where people run to gates at airports yes the yeah running to gates smoking on planes yeah like stuff like that it's a tough uh that's when i was like oh my god yeah this was a thing yeah it's really before 2001 and it's hard to like you can kind of like place on it there's something about stuff that is shot and happens pre 9-11 versus post 9-11 like it just i mean it changed every fabric like not to get too deep on the men in black podcast but it changed every fabric of how we go about things and like anything having to do with security yeah so it's it's interesting like enemy of the state coming out a year after this like kind of foreshadows only a year the- after Mm-hmm. He goes Bad Boys, Independence Day, Lord. Men in Black, Enemy of the State. And that was with um, uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. I was like, God not Dennis bless Hopper. Gene Hackman. God, um, Gene Hackman. What a, what a fucking king that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Oh, man. That's, and I just was watching it. Because um, I love, I almost said Anthony Hopkins, too. I was like, it's an H name. But it was, I said, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is in my brain because I was watching um, Thor because I'm doing yet oh. another Marvel rewatch before Thor: Love and Thunder comes out. Um, and honestly, like I think Anthony Hopkins playing Odin is one of the greatest. Like, how in the world did this happen? Thing. Anthony Hopkins as Loki as yes. Odin is <laughs> when is he says really, shit really good is like the best reading <laughs> of any line in the entire MCU. It was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> as loki as odin that's wonderful and if anthony hopkins again another another true lord just so so wonderful shout out westworld season one one of the best seasons of tv ever um let's take a quick ad break then let's get back with best scene we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, best scene. This one, I actually had a lot of trouble picking best scenes. Like, I usually go chronologically because everything is like, it's so tight. Like, yeah. it's so, it's this, then this, then this, then this, and this. And it's hard finding ones that stand above the others. I will say the opening scene is really, really good. 
like gives us a great, great sense of what Tommy Lee Jones's character is all about. Like him just interrogating the guy speaking Spanish to the alien who doesn't speak Spanish. Like it. And then the, the very tongue in cheek line, keep on protecting us from the dangerous aliens. Yeah, that was like, again. I thought that was something that uh, this movie, I think actually aged pretty well. Yeah. From 90, like I thought that was a very, you know, it, uh, again, another dark moment there though. The man was holding a stick with a human head on it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Right it's like, how did, how did you, yeah. How did you get this? Did you notice who the guy driving the van of the illegal immigrants was? No. Or driving the truck. That was uncle Rico. <gasps> was it? Yes. That's incredible. John, John Grease, I think the voice sounded who was, familiar. Uh, who was recently in the white Lotus. It was the hair. I think that threw me. Yeah. The voice sounded yeah. familiar. There were a couple throughout, like we we talked about Tony Shalhoub and David Cross. David Cross got a oh shit for me. Yeah, it's like oh hey, it's it's David it's a Cross, very uh, young looking David Cross. Which like it's David Cross is also a guy who was born pretty old, but he's he's much much younger, yeah. like clearly younger. I blew this one. myself. But <laughs> Tobias Funke is the best. Tobias but like the entire the entire opening run that we talked about earlier, like the from this the scene with the illegal immigrants to uh jay running down the alien to uh Kay taking him to jeeves's place then uh you know zapping him switching the restaurant like the whole thing is yeah. is really really good like we're just we're off and running and it's hard to pick something like the the scene going to jeeves's place is really fun but it's like is that the best scene does it stand you know does it stand over like i think tryouts might be the best scene tryouts are excellent the other one that's up there because just because I think that it has potentially some of the like if someone saw this they probably know this scene independent of Men in Black if that makes sense so if it's like a younger someone one of the youths um, I think they know <laughs> I think they know the Edgar skin like I think they know when he comes in and sugar Edgar what on earth was that sugar I've never seen sugar do that. Give me sugar. Like that whole thing. Like I think that scene is so great, and it sets up uh, D'Onofrio's run. It, I just think that's such. And that probably that one and the scene in the morgue where they find the alien in the head. Um, Very memorable. The yes. alien in the head. Yeah, I'm telling you that. Yeah, let's see how old are they? 12 year old Caroline was stunned. The woman was too stunned to speak. That was me. uh, (laughs) Honorable mention to when they go interrogate, uh, what is it? Beatrice, Edgar's wife, Edgar. Like the the way, like, like, Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and uh, it's when we get the first of our run of like, you gotta tell someone a better story. You gotta, like, (laughs) you you gotta. You kick, you know, you kicked him out. Get an interior. You're gonna get an interior decorator in here, cause damn, like it was wonderful. It was. I really enjoyed. It. That was like, um, yeah. This it has a lot of like short staccato scenes. And to mm-hmm. your point, where it's like scene, 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 and it it works well for this movie. So it is hard to say like, cause even the climactic battle, if you will, is still pretty like. Oh, hey, that cockroach got in that spaceship and it took off. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, and like, hey, we, we shot it down. It fucked over the Mets. Like, of course, that <laughs> happened to the Mets. Know. 
And I love when they show all the like covers of the tabloids, like that center fielder says he was blinded by a spaceship. Um, <laughs> but even that's like super short, and it's just like each thing is has its place and it has its perfect fit. And you know, like he's not inside of the cockroach very long. And you get a couple stomps of the oh, was that your auntie? Um, and those it, all of it works, but none of it's like this. It's huge... groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not, you know, like the on the way to the when they're when they're on the way to basically to the final showdown when he pushes the pushing the red button and like Tommy Lee's driving upside down with Elvis playing like, oh, yeah. that's a really nice moment. It's really, yeah. really funny. But it's not, you know, I, I for me, it's the training scene. Yeah, like the, tra- I really the, like training, the training scene. Is, scene. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so I could have that. That's the one where if they wanted to drag in some more runtime to this movie, that would have been it yeah. for sure. Yeah, I also do like if you count the uh, when he accepts to the scene where he get like where he shows him some of the technology and stuff like that's a pretty memorable scene as well. But again, mm-hmm. it feels like multiple smaller scenes inside of what could be that big that big scene really. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And like to to run that into best quote like the let's put it on the last put what on the last suit you'll ever wear and like that turns into them turning him into an agent i always think about the fingers fingerprints being burned off looks yeah. very very painful it's like it's like he's, he's um another arrested development reference the cornballer like <laughs> <laughs> well, he burns off as a uh i'm looking at my so when i was in undergrad in rotc we did something called field exercises every semester every other semester it was like every like every fall semester or something and we would go and set up some stuff i used to feel like teamwork things would be out the out of the miller school which is actually where they um film major pain oh um, shout out yeah so uh and we would do different things and this one we were doing this kind of like obstacle course type thing and so my platoon each platoon in the in our little ROTC unit got a different task and some had parents weekends some had whatever um and we had field exercises as our semester project that we had to do and so we were in charge of that thing and so we go out to set up this obstacle course and we had this rope swing that we're putting out it was one of those like thick heavy duty ropes um and we got over the tree there were a couple of marines in my little platoon or whatever and they're like, all right, let's test it out. So like swing, it's a tiny little creek in this like Virginia woods. <laughs> so they swing and they're like, all right, let's make sure like, like Caroline, you try it and see, make sure it's not just like these ripped dudes, like with the huge upper body strength, whatever. And so the one guy gave me his like weightlifting gloves um, to like swing across this thing. So they obviously don't have fingertips on them. And the side that we started on was slightly higher than the one that you landed on. And I grabbed too high on this rope. And so in swinging across it, slid down said rope. And then fell in the creek. So insult injury. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> laughing. And then I'm like, oh, man, that hurt. And I look and I have rope burned my fingertips off. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They, <laughs> they are. It makes me cringe so much. Yeah. Oh. There are like, I think it was at least middle finger through pinky on each and i think i got a piece of like the index finger and like a inside part of my thumb whatever and so i was like well that's not good so i went to the doctor when i like we went back to charlottesville and went to the doctor i had to get like a plastic surgery consult <laughs> to make sure they didn't have to like graft skin like this is how, i got oh like my third God. degree like rope burns basically on my on my fingertips 
I couldn't. I'm sure my, that made doing stuff really pleasant for the horrible. next like month. Oh. I literally couldn't even like, I was wearing like solely elastic waist things. Like I couldn't button anything. My roommate oh. had to wash my hair in the sink in the kitchen. Like, oh my I God. Hey, Caroline, anything. open this door. <laughs> it was so bad. I even had to get extensions on a couple assignments because I couldn't type for the first few days. It was bad. Um, and I, I remember like talking to our gunnery sergeant at the actual field exercises. So I, I was like, he's like, come on, it can't really be that. Like, seriously, like you're not doing like kind of giving me shit over it. And I was like, well, I have to change the bandages. Like, do you want to see? And I changed them and showed him. He was like, oh my God. What and so and I imagine if you would have had to have fought a bug in an oh, Edgar no. suit two days after that happened. There should be a rest and recovery period for new MIB agents. I told you can still kind of see at the right angle. There's like a small scar on the field. But I was asked the doctor was like, am I going to lose my fingerprints? And he was like, no, those pretty much grow back most of that. But there are spots. Pretty, where pretty like, much most of the time. Yeah, there are unless you're MIB. There are some spots where you can still kind of see the scars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's why. <mine. laughs> that is that is brutal. That is, oh, that is so, that is something I never want to never want to experience in my, my don't own personal do it. Life. Never. No. I will never go anywhere near any sort of like rope swing thing ever again. Even if it's like, oh, it's over a lake and it's a tiny rope. I won't. It's do a it. fun rope swing. No, <laughs> just out on that. Just the uh, PTSD from that experience is enough for me. I am a coordinated individual. <laughs> so best quote. Ooh. It's tough with comedies like this because some of the best quotes, like the fun, like are just subtle Tommy Lee Jones yes. jokes where it's not like, that's not like super quotable, but it's really funny. I really like the, we're not hosting an intergalactic kegger down here. As I said mean, by R- Rip Torn. Rip Torn. <laughs> Rip torn king. The funniest thing, the funniest like quote, like written thing was actually a written thing. I like when the Archillians send the message of MIB deliver the galaxy or Earth will be destroyed. And then below that, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do like that. I do like when o- over like- apolo- <laughs> over being over apologetic is something that, that transcends galaxy wide. Yeah. I did like the she's she's ready to start some shit then like that. Like she's about to start some shit then um for the like in the training montage i think mm. that it's a little bit long for it to be like a whole like best quote because you're not just gonna walk around and i think the one that i still if someone was like tell me a line from men in black i'd still think of the like i make the difference between you and me i make this look good like that's like yeah the iconic or one of the iconic lines from the movie i don't necessarily think it's like the best line of the movie but it definitely still resonates like sticks out in my mind it's like the that's the trailer line like i i can visualize yeah. that i can visualize that like him putting on the sunglasses that i make this look good like i probably saw that trailer a million times as a kid yeah like that's one if you in our age demographic if you stop them and you're like could you tell me what movie this is from and you say like the difference between you and me i make this look good i really thought he swore in it i really thought he said i make this shit look good but yeah, I I don't know where I got that from. Maybe it was <laughs> mixing up that in Independence Day, where he says like, "Don't shoot that blue shit at me." Whatever the green shit at me. But the best, uh, the best subtle, I think the best subtle Tommy Lee Jones line is when they're interrogating Beatrice, and she says, "You here to make fun of me too?" And he says, "No, ma'am. With the FBI, I do not have a sense of humor <laughs> we're aware of." <laughs> I do like that one too. That one's good. 
Um, I like what I even just like when he's telling whatever story he's telling Will Smith after they neuralized Will Smith the first time. <laughs> he's like, it's... and then she like whatever. Like, um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think those are probably my faves. I think yeah, I think it's the the FBI one is funny, but I think if you go for like the iconic, the ones you remember, that I make this look good, you know, you know, that little red button. Yep, push that little red button. Like, yeah. and it's, it's a, it's a thing. Like if you ride the, the men in black ride at universal, that line gets uttered. Oh. Like it, it becomes a thing. Yeah. The men in black ride at universal is a, it's essentially like the training, the, the training shootout. It's like a little, little shooter thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So does it actually move? Like it, it's like a, yeah. on a, okay. Yeah. It's um, like, a, you're in like a, you're in like a little vehicle. It's like you and yeah. six people and you're in like a vehicle and it's kind of going around. It's, it's a little dated now, but it's still really fun. Especially like post COVID, you don't want to like touch all the same things everyone's been touching. Um, cause I, I like the pride, you know, like the pride of stone does not get like motion sickness. Um, I went to universal a couple years ago and I did the Simpsons ride. Oh yeah. This, that was one of the only, I think that was the literally the only thing we didn't do when we went last year, I but I, I've done it before. I legitimately spent half of that just sitting there with my eyes closed going like, do not throw up next to this child. Do not throw up next to this child. <laughs> well, I that's a lot of those, like... a lot of those rides with the screen. So and I don't I've know if you okay did the one before every, you did school. the, did you do the one inside Hogwarts? Yeah. No problem. We're on the brim. That, that one, that one gave Jacqueline a lot of problems. Yeah. And I get that those, cause that, because I had done other ones like that before and had no issues. I actually really like them. I think they're fun. There was just mm-hmm. something about like, it felt a little blurry. It was a little hot. It was like near the end of the day. I don't know. I just was like, if I get through this, I promise. <laughs> Lord, please, if I get through this, I'm never going back on The Simpsons, right? Just please get me through this. I will never go on it again. The Men in Black one like spins you around in circles a few times. So yeah. That's sne- fine. Yes. Again, yeah, fine. And uh, actually, you haven't lived until you've been on the Hogwarts one and have it stop and the screens go blank. <laughs> oh, no. It really kills the illusion. Because <laughs> you're less like, than... that's how they do this? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's less than ideal. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, okay, Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award. Best Supporting Character. Who's in it too much? K, J. Is is Vincent D'Onofrio eligible for this? It's If he is, it's him. If he's not, if he is, I think him. it's Rip Horn. I I agree with that fully. It, yeah. It's either Rip Torn or I will say that uh, Beatrice in the two <laughs> scenes we get from her really kills good. It. Absolutely good. Uh, that is. Uh, don't want to give her some some credit. Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Of course. So, yeah, shout shout out to her. But it's uh yeah it's if D'Onofrio is eligible, it's him. If not, Rip Torn. Love seeing Rip Torn on screen. Yeah. All right, R.I.P. to a real one. Um, also, uh, I want to acknowledge Tony Shalhoub. Really excellent. Uh, yes, he was. He was excellent. New new category, again voted in by the patrons. Roster moves. This is something they suggested they wanted, like recasting options. With this movie, it's a little hard. I think there's only really one person that you would you would possibly replace, and it, more for the longevity of it than anything. As we noted, Linda Fiorentino, yeah, hasn't worked since two thousand nine. Uh, and was a lot bigger deal when this movie came out than than she is now. I came up with a few names. I think you uh, could put 
I think you put more tyranny in here now that I said her name. You you could put more tyranny. <laughs> she'd actually, yeah, she'd actually be really good in that. Yeah. That's like that. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, Captain Zeta Jones. Yeah. Like that, Sandra Bullock. It's would a couple work. years after Speed. Would, would, would very much work. Oh my god! You give her a little more to do too. Oh, love. When are when, when are, are we doing, doing Speed? speed? Doing, you know who would come back for speed is Manny. I mean, I'm, I'm putting it on the board. <laughs> then we're putting I just, speed on. When I moved to Florida from flight school, I bought that on DVD. I think I watched it like three times a week. <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Not enough. It's so good. And it, oh my God. If you're a patron of this show, shout out if you want speed. Yeah. Please <laughs> do it. Like, uh, I. That's what I could probably do without watching it in the last, you know, and just like go right in there and be like, yeah, let's talk about speed. I'm on it. I'm I'm dead serious. We're doing speed. Yeah. I'm we're, I'm, I'm saying it right now. We're doing speed. Uh, that, I mean, that's a sport. That's yeah. driving. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, driving. That's it's literally absolutely a sport. sport. Yeah. I got two more. Demi Moore, a little while after yeah. G.I. Jane. Yep. And then what about this one? Jada. Yeah. I also was thinking, is this too early for renee zellweger no she's in jerry Maguire, like same year or you could do even uh as we already talked about batman and robin alicia silverstone would have hit alicia silverstone would have liked that yeah would have liked that yeah i'm trying to think of all the 90s alicia silverstone might have been because the the thing about batman and robin is she felt really young yeah i think clueless like clueless she's playing a 16 year old and that seems more fitting it's like to be a mortician, like she had, would have had to have gone through some, some training. Training, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's doing autopsy. She's had to have gone to more train, more than two days of training. What if this was her first? Like it's her first autopsy, and it's this alien. She's like, "What the fuck did I get myself into? Is this, is this <laughs> what autopsies is? in New York are going to be? <laughs> is this what it always is? Every autopsy comes with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no sense. It's incredible. Yeah. I couldn't think of any other any other uh, roles that I would recast. I feel Absolutely like not. Else is just don't nails. touch it. Like don't touch yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Yeah. Like even like who could you? I'm trying to think if there's like someone that you could swap in for D'Onofrio. Not that oh. I want you to. Who's the I brother? Mean, it, who you could do Putty from Seinfeld could potentially. I feel like if you sub in for D'Onofrio, it has to be like an, it has to be an A-list actor or like an A-list talent, like Christian Bale doing this or someone who's just like going <laughs> to take it up to like a different, a different level. Cause like Christian Bale and D'Onofrio are probably around the same age. Really? Don't quote me on that. I think so. <laughs> Cause I was thinking like Brad Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be too like he'd be too, too lumbering. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd be like it'd be like Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm wrong. Vincent D'Onofrio is, is not. Uh, he, he is sixty. He's, he's sixty three. Yeah, he's sixty three. Christian Bale is forty eight. So I was very wrong. Only fifteen years. <laughs> Same <laughs> only, only only um, only fifteen years there. Relatedly, unrelatedly, who knows? Uh, I feel like he's going to be outstanding in Thor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know who would have loved the the uh, the Edgar role in twenty twenty two? Tom Hardy would love oh, this. Yeah, yeah. Weird voice, weird makeup. Like Tom yeah. Hardy loves nothing more than to be a hot dude who gets to look ugly. Like 
he would have he would have loved this. True. That's true. He's probably so pissed this movie came out too early for him. Yeah. How do you feel about the because I guess it's a remake, the Chris Hemsworth and um our girl Valkyrie. Um Yeah, I mean if we wanna if we want to talk before more restore, like we've seen two sequels and then we've seen the remake, which did not do well. No. At all. It was not all. great if we're No. I think and I, I type I had this out of my notes if we're doing like prequel sequel or remake. I think a seventies, like a period piece remake, like it's Tom, you got to find someone who's young Tommy Lee Jones, which like that's going to be tough. But like that, like what seventies Men in Black like, yeah, in seventies New York, that I would be in on. Man, this is uh they really went good looking for this Men in Black International, didn't they? Tessa I mean, Thompson. I feel like any any movie that leads with Chris Hemsworth, though, you're like, oh, <laughs> it's it's a good good looking movie. But they also has Rebecca Ferguson in it too. And oh. Liam Neeson. Oh, does he? Does Liam Neeson have a gun? <laughs> Based on the, uh, well, no, on the on the whatchamacallit, the poster, it looks like he's just holding one of the neuralizer things, which is disappointing. Because oh, at first I was like, yes, he does. Oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was still one of our one of my favorite moments. Of I guess is like, here's a bunch of <laughs> Liam Neeson posters. With with the gun, pick out which I movie can't... this goes to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad he's collecting paychecks for just being like a gunslinger. Me too, I love him. He yeah, put in his work as Oscar Schindler, and now he's just shooting people. I don't. I think I agree with you. I could do like a prequel type thing. Um, I don't think I need like another reboot, and you can't really do a sequel. No, no. They I, see that. I don't think they will. I think if. That's the thing. I think they've kind of backed themselves into a corner. And I I don't think you can... You could do either a prequel or like a Netflix series. Like if you did a... That's Ooh. one... Th- I, could, I could see them try trying a streaming series. Yeah, that would be fun, I think. I think with the streaming series, if you did the day-to-day, it's like just Men in Black. It's like... I like, j- But it's just day-to-day with maybe like a season-long running plot, but not like not like a single plot streaming show it's like everything's different i think that that has legs like in some regard i want a an x-files-esque disney plus marvel series that's jimmy woo like dated like solving crime not you know like as an fbi agent like investigating things like so i guess it's similar to like what agents of shield kind of did in some ways, but I, that's how I see like how this would be successful in like a reboot it would be like a, I agree with you like a Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime series in which it was a charismatic cast that had like missions and a running plot and more than just two hours because I think now it's it's a little tough to get people in for a movie on it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, and you go, you go same. I mean you run back you keep it simple you run back a really simple formula you have old grizzled vet training a young guy that yeah. in a lot of instances if if you get that casting works it usually works yeah i think um have you ever looked you know it was a really fascinating imdb <laughs> chris Hemsworth. he's made oh, some let's... choices yeah and i love it because i think he's he is fantastic once they got the like Shakespearean Thor off of him, 
like letting him open up in Ragnarok and letting him open up in Infinity War and Endgame and he actually like got to explore deeper parts of Thor when they you know people mixed reviews with you know the Thor and Endgame and the weight loss weight gain all that stuff um but I think he did like really interesting stuff with him like grieving and feeling responsible for letting everyone down like all that stuff um and then you have like a bunch of like weird Netflix movies (laughs) or like ones that I enjoyed like Extraction was great like a lot of fun um, I really enjoyed Spiderhead. I don't know if you watched it yet, but Spiderhead. We, ha- we haven't. We haven't gotten a Spiderhead yet. Like okay. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I did need to need to. Um. Him and Rush. Rush is one of the best sports movies yeah. in the past like ten years. Rush is Rush is incredible. Um. Black Hat. Like, listen, Michael Mann can do no wrong in this house. Um. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, some of these. I, I liked Bad Times at the El Royale. I enjoy that with uh, with our guy Lewis Pullman from Yeah, Maverick. I need to. I haven't seen. It. I need to watch that one. Oh, you would. Bad Times of the El Royale is just a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, John Hamm from from Maverick. A lot of <laughs> a lot, lot of connections. A lot of connections. Um, yeah. Oh, but he's the, also in like Red Dawn. <laughs> the the Red Dawn the Red Dawn remake. Which yeah. <laughs> you, you can you can count me out, but like the like this like coming up. Oh my god! I didn't know about this untitled Hulk Hogan biopic where he's Hulk Hogan. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> oh, so I also saw him in Interceptor, which if you haven't watched Interceptor on Netflix, I can't decide no. if I am recommending this or not. It I is- can't get over the Hulk Hogan bio. Oh my god! Interceptor is one of the worst pieces of entertainment i've seen in a very long time i also didn't like realize they were doing extraction too yeah i which i don't know listen sharknado is great shark right. sharknado was a thing too yes and, and this is like you have to go into watch it. so interceptor is his wife's project so his wife is an actress and she's the main character in interceptor and it's just out of control bonkers from start and basically like the interceptor bases are there to like blow up incoming missile like nuclear missiles from russia or whatever and like she's the last person standing on this interceptor oil rig that is like apparently it's wild but um you have to go into it like you're watching sharknado like if you go into like oh what's this uh what's this about <laughs> let's take this seriously i don't know chris hemsworth is so versatile that it's it's a shame it's a shame that the the men in black reboot didn't work because yeah. it's yeah it seems like it'd be right up his alley i don't remember what i didn't love about it but it wasn't him if that makes sense yeah. or tessa thompson i think she's fantastic um I, it just was like it just didn't hit on the same because again i think the casting and it, it's it, not to knock them it's just the way that Will Smith was perfect for that role at the perfect time, matched with the perfect grumpiness of of our guy, of Tommy Lee. Um, yeah. It's hard to replicate, even with charismatic and good actors like Tessa Thompson and, and Chris Hemsworth. Speaking of Tommy Lee, after speed, we got to do The Fugitive at some point. Oh, so good. Like, Honestly, that's... we could do like a whole, we could do a whole um, Harrison Ford month we do air force one and the fugitive and um okay i'm running out of ones now but we could do both of those <laughs> hollywood homicide him and josh hartnett what a what a movie that is josh hartnett i really again talk about having crushes on people 
love Josh Hartnett. His movies were not good. I'm the so I was on. I recorded an episode of uh, my past guest on the show. Last week's guest, actually, Jared Hickey, is bringing his his uh, podcast back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Entourage podcast. Um, all fans of Entourage go subscribe. But we we did a classic Entourage episode, and we randomly got on a on a tangent about Josh Hartnett and how quickly it falls off, and kind of came to the conclusion. So Black Hawk Down and Pearl Harbor come out the same year. If they both hit, like Black Hawk Down, really good, was a hit. Pearl Harbor was like, people started to mock Pearl Harbor. Like, I think yeah. it made a lot of money, but it was like, this is bad. I think if both of those end up being good, it's completely different for Josh Hartnett. Yes. And he was in, so like right around them, right after it was also 40 Days and 40 Nights, which yes. was a little, it was too much. Like, yeah. it went a little too far on the like raunch where he had just picked up a lot of, fans for like i don't know if that makes sense at all but like um yeah black hawk down and that's that's what i was like this guy's fantastic black hawk down is one that i would if they ever if they put that back in theaters at some point like that's oh yeah that's a great that's a automatic go i watched that we started i was i was in 2001 i was in high school i was watching it at like at home with my parents and they didn't realize like because it's a long movie but they were like we got to go to bed but it was right at like right after the first black hawk crashes i was like excuse that's me the, that's <laughs> the problem with that one you can't stop it yeah once you're once you're in that movie it's yeah it's pretty much like as soon as they entered the city it's like okay you're you're here you're here for the next two hours yeah like, you, so they you, went to bed and i leave. laid i remember i laid on the on the living room floor my like chin in my hands and just like wept for like an hour and a half <laughs> alone in the living room that's the move when the the guy the guy bleeds out in the in the building like in the uh they're trying to grab his vein like oh and you know who the uh um the medic is um there's i mean there's a ton i mean everyone hugh dancy is in that movie who eric banna yeah orlando bloom ewan mcgregor ewan bremner yeah yeah sam jeremy piven jeremy piven Tom or uh, Tom Hardy, Tom Sizemore. Oh, he is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Let me. Jason Isaacs, I mean, aka Jason uh, Papa Malfoy, Lucius, Lucius Malfoy, yeah, yeah. Uh, aka Colonel Ke- Colonel Tavington from the Patriot, the original, yes, the original colonial bad guy. Ron Elder, um, Kim Coates is in it. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, Kim Coates and also in Goon, incredible performance in Goon. Nickel, oh my gosh, Nikolai Coster Waldo. He's one of the uh, seals that goes down. And helps. What, yep, Tom Jamie Hardy Lannister. What he's Twombly? Oh, Jamie Lannister Jamie is Lannister in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, he's one of those seals. So you know, like when the seals are um, circling in the. There's one of the two guys that got uh, Medal of Honor when they're in the helicopter circling the site, whatever, and they ask to be dropped down in there to defend the helicopter. Um, yeah, and they, he's one yeah. of those guys. Oh and my god! And they're like, you know, that there's no one coming. Like we can't promise you any like support. And they're like, yeah, we know. Like he's one of those two. Yeah. I might just have to go watch Black Hawk Down this week. I, 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 it makes me weep every time. Uh, I, it's such a good movie with so many incredible actors. Like, um, it's a well, folks. If you're listening, if you're still <laughs> listening to this, and you want us to do Black Hawk Down after Speed and after The Fugitive, have have we ever ended a podcast like normally? Like, no. get to the last category, and we're just like, <laughs> we're right, just like, yeah, that was, that was good. good. 
That was good. Do other guests do this, or is this like a Caroline special? People know. I think this is. I think. I I think this is kind of our thing. Where people, (laughs) when they're like, "Oh, it's a Caroline episode," I'm just gonna log off with like ten minutes left because she's gonna go into some tangent and end up buying like. It doesn't beat. uh, (laughs) I was about to say it. It doesn't beat like it. It's never gonna beat the Top Gun episode where you buy (laughs) logins tickets. That was so much fun, by the way. Is it? Yeah, I was about to say, is this your first episode since Logins? No. Because you hadn't gone to see it after Maverick. After, oh, you're right. Think. Yeah, it is. I think it is. Tell the it folks, was, how was Logins? Oh, it was fantastic. It was like a, a VH1 behind the music show. Like he had this guy come out that would interview him about different things. It was really, it was a really interesting way to do his concert, by the way. Um, and he did, it was chronological. And so he's like, oh, so, you know, this song you came up with, blah, blah, blah. And like, he'd tell the story about how, something about the song. And then the guy was always like, so you're going to play it for us? And he's like, yeah. And then the guy would disappear in the band, like him in the band, play whatever the song was. Um, that's where I learned that he co-wrote What a Fool Believes uh, with Which Michael no McDonald. Clue. Yeah. I had no clue. I was like hitting Kirshner. First of all, it was at... Um, Oh man, I can't remember what theater it is in Warner Theater in DC. So nice location. We get in, we order drinks, <laughs> and I get like the one of the double, like the tall, like uh, seltzers, like a lemonade seltzer things that they have. And the lady's like, every you know, you can get a five dollar shot with any beer or seltzer purchase. And I was like, like, I feel like I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, you're it's, you're losing money if you don't. Yeah, do it's like Kirsch and I like took vodka shots. <laughs> at the warner like before and then they stopped serving alcohol like 45 minutes into the show because so, you, you can't have people too liquored up when danger zone comes on yeah. that's put mr loggins in danger so it was just like the weirdest weirdest like and so kirsch was so funny because he's like okay are we going earnestly or is this like to kind of like make fun and i was like yes i don't know <laughs> Um, but it turned out like it was just really so he sang what a fool believes and I like that's legit one of my favorite songs um because I'm a dad it's cool <laughs> so um he did theirs for a loop because they went from like 84 playing footloose and then went to like 88 and I was like excuse me sir um something big happened in 86 <laughs> Um, and so they closed with Danger Zone, of course. Uh, did not well play playing with the boys, which is yeah. It's a bummer. Did he he didn't cover the Lady Gaga song from the end of Madden. No, no. But I think that's why he moved. Since Danger Zone is technically in, not technically, it is in Maverick. I guess they were like, it's a 2022, so so we'll close with that. Liars. Kenny Loggins, you sneaky bastard. Yeah, but I did get to wear my T-shirt or my wing. I'm a Kenny Loggins wingman T-shirt to the show. Oh, very cool. Perfection. No notes. No notes. Caroline, where can the folks follow, follow you? Uh, you can find me at CW Darnie on both Instagram and Twitter. Now I changed my Instagram handle. So if you want to see dogs. Yeah, if you want to see dog pictures, uh, come on over that way. Where most of them hang out. Um, and you can go check out For the Win and Bet for the Win on the interwebs and read all the good content. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to support the show and get sketch, if you want to know exactly when we're going to cover speed, go join the Patreon because I post, they get scheduled updates, they get to vote on movies, they pick this one. Um, and supporting the show is cool. It's, it's great. Keep this thing going. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. comes at you every other Tuesday. And uh, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.